السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما رسائد الشريف اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد Let's begin today with a question Would you say life is fair? or unfair? What do you think? Is life fair or is it unfair? No one's answering. Don't worry, you won't be in trouble. Tell me what you think. I'm not asking you what you're supposed to say. I'm not asking you what you're supposed to say. What do you think? Yeah, some of us think life is fair and sometimes we get this feeling, not always, yeah? Let's, let's be honest. Remember, we've already discussed, Juma is a time to reflect on the past week and be very real. And let's talk about real situations, scenarios that are affecting you and me. Okay, rather than just talking about something X, Y, and Z, and then we've listened to it and we've gone. So, okay, let, let, I'll ask you another question. Fairness, is it objective or is it subjective? Okay, let's, for those who've not grasped on what, what we're saying exactly, um, how, how, how can I say it? Um, can we all agree, all of us just here, do you think we can all agree on the definition of what's fair? For example, we've got five people here. Do you think we can all agree on their salary? What they should be paid? Do you think we'll all agree? No. So that tells us that the topic and the discussion and the definition of what's fair, right, is in our eyes, in our eyes, is totally subjective. It's not objective, it's totally subjective. And if the more we look into it, we find that it's a mindset. It's a mindset, and when we go further into it, not only do we find it's a mindset, it's a mindset of entitlement. Okay, so let, let's, let's go back to where we started from. And due to this, because it's subjective, because it's a mindset, this topic itself is quite difficult to discuss. I can imagine today, at the end of Juma today, a lot of people are going to go home, brothers, many sisters especially listening, and they probably will say, listen and say, mm, we don't agree with you on this one. Everything else was fine up until now. We don't like you anymore, right? We don't agree with you because... And that's why it's a very difficult topic to discuss because it's very subjective based on each individual's mindset, what you think is fair. What you think is fair might be unfair for somebody else. And if we view life with this mindset, then we're going to face a lot of problems and we do face a lot of problems. And the solution is to change and adjust that mindset, which is probably one of the most difficult things, but it's not impossible. Nevertheless, so we said that we, fairness and being fair or unfair it's subjective, it's a mindset, a mindset of entitlement. When do we start saying that life is unfair? We only say it when I don't get what I want. 
Things don't go the way I wanted them to go. Things don't happen at the time I wanted them to happen. Up until then, when things are happening good, got a nice car, nice house, I passed my first job interview, I got married to the girl I wanted to, income is coming in, house is good, children are good, health is good, everything's going hunky-dory, everything's fine. People can be dying in Africa, there could be explosions happening in Lebanon. There are people starving on the brink of poverty in Syria. Okay, houses are being demolished in places like Yemen. Our sisters are being raped in maybe Iraq. And all throughout the world there could be oppression. But if my life is going okay, my money is coming in, my children are well, everything's working out for me. I think my life is fair. At, at that time, I think Allah is being very fair with me. Even regarding Allah, we have a very good opinion. Everything's fine. Life is very fair. As soon as things don't work out for me, the way I wanted to, at the time I wanted to, the way I want to, mindset. You've got it in your mind that at the age of 21, you should have qualified. That's, you've, you've had that in your mind. By 22, you should be in a job. By 23, you should have a very nice wife. By 24, you should have bought your first. If you've got a mindset and you've fixed in your head, and in the first year of marriage, my wife should be expecting when we should have children. And by the age of 30, we should be done with our kids. That's a mindset. You've decided that. You've put yourself in those shackles. And when, thing, when we don't reach our own milestones, which we fix, Allah didn't say, and he has not put upon you that you have to reach this by this age, otherwise you're a failure. No, you've set yourself up to fail with these landmarks in your life. Reach them, what tends to happen is then we start becoming in a faith crisis. It's very subjective, extremely subjective, and everybody's idea of this is very, very different. Now, we didn't think life was unfair when there was poverty, there was oppression, there was murder happening all around us. No, we only started questioning our faith and even go as far as questioning God. That is Allah fair to me or is this unfair? I mean, everybody else my age, they're okay. I'm not. My sister's okay, but I'm not. My neighbor's okay, but I'm not. The guy across the road, he seems to be doing fine. We work in the same place. But why is it nothing works out for me? And for some people, it's a mindset. It could, there could be a sister who thinks that whenever I cook this recipe, which my friends cook, it turns out the cake comes out really nice. But why is it every time I make it, it it's just a flop? Can you see how subjective it can become? And then a person loses their mind because of the shackles you've tied yourself into. Because you've set that criteria. Allah didn't say, and there's no fixed thing that if this happens, then you're successful. And if this doesn't happen, then you're a failure. So, fairness. And then we start saying, well, it's, it's not fair. Life is unfair. Now, this is something very, very uh, subjective. And it's what we keep as a priority in our lives. Ibn al-Qayyim rahmatullahi mentioned something quite profound. That people that accuse Allah of being unfair, or people that say that life is unfair, 
They don't want life to be fair. They want life to be unfair in their favor. Are, are you following? They're not saying life should be fair. It should be unfair in our favor and then everything's fine. And this is unfortunately the human being and we need to sort of, especially in times like this when we're going through difficult challenges and many people go through a faith crisis, these are times when we really need to be much stronger than we are and let not ourselves fall into doubt, into suspicion, into accusing Allah of being unfair. Na'udhu billah, may Allah forbid. If Allah isn't fair, who is going to be fair? If the one who created fairness, where did we get the idea of fairness? Allah, one of his beautiful names and attributes is Al-Adl. He's the most fair. And that's where fairness comes from. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when everything's okay, we don't complain. We say life is fair. But as soon as something doesn't go my way, you know, when things are going good, everything's going good, you're happy, your kids are happy, your job's okay, your health is okay. Then for the people suffering around the world, it's very easy for me to quote some verses of the Quran. Allah said we should make sabr. Oh, Allah's going to reward them. They should stay strong. Say Alhamdulillah, brother. Always say Alhamdulillah. Thank Allah. It's very easy for me to quote these things when things are going well. However, when the scenario changes, when things change, am I still saying those same things? Or then am I questioning? You know, there was an Imam. He was relating an interesting incident. And you can see how subjective this topic is of is life fair or unfair? He says, in, he was an Imam in a masjid. And he says, one day in my office, this brother arrived and he wanted to see me uh, for a private discussion. I said, okay, come at this particular time. When I spoke to the brother, I went in the room. I know him. He says he's from my community and um, he was crying. He was in tears. He's crying and crying and crying and crying. And I thought, maybe he's lost his job. Maybe some close family member has died. Uh, and uh, he says, by the way, this, this particular person, um, extremely wealthy, drives a very nice car, he's got a big house, and Allah's blessed him with several kids. So that's just his background. So he's got a nice car, good job, very well to do, and he's got a nice family and everything. Uh, so he's crying his eyes out. So I sat down with the brother, and I asked him, you know, is everything okay? What's the issue? He's saying life is tough. He goes, the recent weeks have been very difficult. And life is just really tough, and it's just taken its toll on me. And I asked like, so what's the issue? He says, well, I've even ended up questioning Allah as well. That is Allah being fair with me or not? And is life fair or is it unfair with me? So I said, Allah forbid, you know, we shouldn't say things like this. What's the issue? Let me see if I can help you. And he said, every year, we as a family, I take my kids and we go on this very expensive vacation. Every year we go on a holiday to a certain part of the world. And you know, we have a good time and everything. He goes, this year, things are a little bit different. And I don't think I'll be able to afford to spend that much money on a lavish holiday. He's saying, I don't know what to say to my kids. This was his faith crisis. Can you see how subjective it is? And he started saying, I feel life is unfair because I don't know what I'm going to say to my kids. Can you see every one of us view fairness differently? And this particular individual, he was going through his faith crisis 
unquestioning even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just because he didn't know how he's going to, how he's not going to be able to have the lavish holiday he has every year may Allah give us the understanding a beautiful hadith very profound Sahih Muslim the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam says Qad aflaha man aslama wa ruziqa kafafa Beautiful hadith, very profound, and it goes very well with what we're discussing. The Prophet has mentioned the three points to achieve success in this life. Very beautiful, very simple. And it's, it goes very well with what we're discussing. Successful is that person, indeed, successful is that person who submits themselves who submits themselves to the will of Allah, who submit themselves to God. So that's one thing, you, you've bought faith and you've decided that I'm going to follow Allah's commands. I'm going to stay away from what he's told us not to do. So, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ أَسْلَمَ And then, وَرُزِقَ kafafa, And then Allah grants him sustenance, which is sufficient. He's not really wealthy and he's not very poor. He's got enough. In this world, you've been given enough. Just enough that you can get by. But that's not enough. Many a times we think, oh, I've got enough. And no, sometimes you can have that enough, but it's still not enough because there's one more point that he mentions at the end, which is very important and very relevant to today. Then, then the Prophet wasallam says, the third thing is, And then Allah grants this person satisfaction, contentment. That, you know what, I'm happy with the condition and the way Allah wants me to be. This is how Allah wants me to be. This is a situation my God wants me to be in. I'm happy with that. I hand myself over to the decree of Allah. I don't start complaining and comparing. It's not fair. So and so, same age as me. Why is he so rich? Or why does he drive this car? Or why is her cooking so much better? Or why can she do this? Or why has she been given this position? And no, this is the position and situation Allah wants me to be in at this particular time. Allah gives you this inner satisfaction and this conviction that, you know what? This is good for me. This is just perfect. You don't question, you don't doubt, and you don't go into a faith crisis and think, this is unfair and life is treating me very, very bad. Imam Al-Qurtubi mentions that the Prophet wasallam. now what better example, whenever we discuss, we take the Quran, we may take from the beautiful example of our beloved Prophet wasallam. What better example can we take than the example of the Prophet wasallam? We can learn this from the seerah. Imam Al-Qurtubi mentions that Allah made the Prophet go through every phase of, phase of life and Allah tested him and he passed the test. Let's quickly run through in the next few minutes in the short time that we have. First of all, Allah made him go through the phase of wealth. Generally, when we speak about the Prophet we always think of someone who's very, very poor, poverty, hunger. It wasn't always the case. When the Prophet married Khadija radiallahu anha, she was extremely wealthy. And that meant now the Prophet is also very wealthy very 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 well to do and they were blessed she was a very one of the most famous business women of Makkah 
So he's getting married to this very wealthy woman. Now they are very wealthy as a couple. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made him go through this phase of wealth. Having wealth isn't necessarily a bad thing. Many of us think it's bad. No. Again, that's subjective. Is it good? Is it bad? It depends. It depends how you are. Let us see. So what happened is the Prophet ﷺ was made to go through this phase of wealth in the early part of his life. So he's having this very wealthy life now with Khadija radiallahu anha. And Imam al-Qurtubi says he passed the test. How did he pass the test? Well, whilst he was wealthy, he continued to free and emancipate slaves. At that time, there was slavery. And Islam taught that if you've got slaves, well, it's not the best situation and the ideal thing. It's been happening for years and years and years. And Islam came and it was still there. But Islam taught us another concept. Let's try and get rid of this. Let's try and minimize this. And the Prophet ﷺ set the best example. And he started to free slaves. So whilst he was wealthy, what is he doing? He didn't hold the wealth for himself. He cared for the orphans. He cared for the widows. He looked after those who were uh, suffering from tragedy. And at the same time, this wealth didn't make him arrogant. What were the words with which Khadija anha con consoled him when he returned from the cave of Hira? When the Prophet ﷺ received the first revelation, and he came to Khadija radiallahu anha. What did she say? She said, Allah will never let you down. Do you know why? Despite you being such a wealthy person, you're not a snob. Generally, sno um, wealthy people are snobby. They're too snobby to then look out for other people. They, they don't look down. They're always looking up. But you, despite having so much wealth and being married to me, you care for the orphans. You work for those who can't work. You earn for other people. You go out of your way to serve those people. Imam Al-Qurtubi says the Prophet ﷺ was going through the phase of wealth and he passed the test. Do you know what happened next? Came the next test of poverty. Allah stripped him from absolutely everything. You know when we talk about poverty? Allah stripped him totally. So on one side we find, that's why he was a beautiful example. He went through every phase. So he went through the phase of wealth. You've seen how he acted and how he behaved. Then he went through the phase of poverty, extreme poverty, not just the absence of wealth. He lost family members. He lost his most beloved wife, Khadija. And he was stripped of his own uncle. He was stripped of his protection. He lost his land, his homeland, his hometown, his house, everything. He buried six of his seven children with his own hands. Is that something easy to do? I, I, I can't think of burying one child. He buried six of his seven children with his own hands. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And do you know what? He passed the test. He passed the test. He passed the test of poverty as well. Why? Because whilst he was going through this difficult time and he was in poverty, he didn't suffer from something which we call the, 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 the prosperity doctrine. You find this in some other religions. Prosperity doctrine. Where you think that if you're a man of God and you're good, everything should be good for you. And if you do something wrong, that's the anger and the, and the wrath of God on you. And you're not a holy man anymore. Islam teaches the total opposite. If you're a believer, if you're true in your words, you're a good Muslim, then no one thing Allah is going to test you. And the prophets were tested much more than other people. He didn't complain and saying, well, I pray five times a day. 
I read Quran every day. Every morning I'm reading Surah Yasin. I'm still in this problem. Some people say this. You know, you gave me a wazifa to read. We still don't have kids. I've been reading this, but I'm still not passing my job interview. I don't think it's fair. They, he read it and it worked for him. She read it, it worked for her. But why is it not work? Why is nothing happening? Why is it not happening? Why is nothing moving forward in my life? The Prophet ﷺ, he passed the test of poverty by displaying a beautiful patience, which we call Sabrul Jameel. And he didn't question the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He displayed an amazing level of satisfaction upon the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet wasallam has said that when Allah, when you love Allah and the closer you become to Allah, Allah will test you. You will be tested. Difficulties and hardships and challenges will come your way. And he even gave an example. He said it's going to be like when you prevent an, an, an ill person from drinking water. You know, sometimes in certain illnesses, and you can take the example, it's not the best thing and I don't want to be too graphic, but when a woman is going through her delivery, at that time, um, the, the nurses, the doctors wouldn't advise for her to drink any water. She could have been in labor for the last 10, 12, 24 hours. She's gasping for water. You as a husband are there, your wife asks you, give me a sip of water. And the nurse says, don't give her water. Who are you going to listen to? I know you'll be in trouble at the end when you get back home. But at that time, you're not, you want to give that water. You want to give that water. But you know that water is not good for her at that moment. This is the way Allah will test you if you're a strong believer. Allah wants to give you because you want it. But Allah knows that there are other things which are better for you. So he will with Allah will withhold certain things from you. He will strip you and take certain things away from you. Are you going to question your faith at that time and say life is unfair or Allah is unfair? Or are you going to say that Allah knows best? Allah is extremely fair. He's always fair. Allah has never been unfair. Allah has never been an oppressor. Allah is extremely kind, extremely merciful, extremely loving extremely wise he has never done anything against wisdom yes i'm apparently apparently it might seem unfair to me but in reality it's not so this is the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and then imam al-qurtubi says then the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam went through a third phase and this was the phase of al-kafaf of satisfaction where allah granted him so he wasn't rich he wasn't poor he had enough just to get by. How, what, what did he have? Well, Aisha radiallahu anha, she says, never did we have two meals in the day. Never. And even the meal that they did have, it was a lot of times for two months on end, it was just dates and water. Like to you and me, that would be extreme poverty. But he believed that was good for him. That's him. He viewed that as being good. He was satisfied. House, how big was the house? When the Prophet ﷺ would make sajda in the night when he was praying to Hajjud, he had to actually tap Aisha who was sleeping his wife to take her legs in so that he could make sujood. That's how small his house was. You and I would think that's poverty. But for him, he actually asked for this. He said, Allahumma ja'al rizqa ala Muhammadin quta. Oh Allah, make the sustenance of the family of Muhammad just enough 
for him, I'm not saying we should aim for that. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, he was happy with what he had. He didn't think that was poverty. He thought he's getting by and he was happy with how much he had. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and even the sahaba who were around him, many a times they would look at him and they felt sometimes that it was unfair for him. Umar radiallahu anhu once entered the room of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam had just woken up. And when he woke up, he saw that he was sleeping on branches which were filled with leaves. And he saw on the face and the body, it had left traces and marks. Umar radiallahu anhu couldn't hold himself. He started crying. He cries and he cries. And he said, Oh Prophet of Allah, it's as if he was saying, This isn't fair, is it? I've seen the kings of Persia and the kings of Rome, but you're like much greater than them. I've seen the way they live and the way they dress. Uh, you deserve much, much better. And the Prophet didn't say to him, Yes, Umar, right? Get together with the Sahaba, build me a house. I was waiting for you to realize. He didn't say that. What did he do? He shifted, we're going back to the beginning, he adjusted their mindset. Fairness, is life fair? It's a mindset. It's a mindset of, uh, uh, it, it, it's a mindset and it needs to be adjusted. He adjusted the mindset. Do you know what he said to them? What did he say to Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu? He said, Allah tarda, Allah, an, anna al Oh Umar, aren't you happy that Allah has given them the world and Allah has given us the akhirah? So that's why you find you never find any Sahabi from the Ashab al-Sufa complaining and saying, why does Abdul Rahman ibn Auf have so much and I don't have that much? Even the, even the complaint that they did have, they did have complaints. You know, on one occasion, the poor Sahaba came to the Prophet wasallam to complain about the rich Sahaba. What did they complain about? Not of the world. They said, Zahaba ahlul bil ujur ya Rasulullah. O Prophet of Allah, these rich Sahaba, they're way ahead of us. Why? Are you complaining you don't have wealth? No. They pray like we do. They fast like we do. They, they do everything like we do. But they have a lot of wealth. Is that a problem? Do you want to be wealthy? No, O Prophet of Allah. They have wealth so they can make sadaqah and charity. Okay, an, an amazing act of Muslims of charity. And we've seen over during this lockdown period in particular how Muslims have globally shown a true example of humanity. Alhamdulillah, throughout. Uh, so, he says that the, 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 the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that they are able to give sadaqah and we're not able to give sadaqah. Uh, so we don't have that much wealth. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, I'll tell you something else with which you can give sadaqah with. After every fourth salah, 33 times say Subhanallah, 33 times say Alhamdulillah, 34 times say Allahu Akbar. So the poor Sahaba go. Now salah finishes. And Abu Huraira and Bilal and Suhaib and Ammar, all of these poor Sahaba, they're, they're like, Subhanallah, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Allah Akbar, Allah Now the rich Sahaba, okay, their wealth didn't distract them from the remembrance of Allah. So they were very observant and keen. They thought, what's going on? What are you reading? Uh, they didn't hide their knowledge. So what are you reading? Ah, okay. So now everybody, Abdurrahman ibn Awf and all of these, Uthman radiallahu anhu, Abu Bakr, all of the rich Sahaba as well, everyone after Salah, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah. The poor Sahaba came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you gave us something special, everyone's doing it now. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Thalika fadlullah, yu'tihi man yasha. This is the grace of Allah. I, I, I can't do anything. I mean, that's Allah's grace. I'm going to end. I'm going to end, just a, a, another minute. I'm going to end on an incident and a story. 
And that is that, look, life, you might think at this time life isn't fair because the way you view it. And there are many, many people throughout the world who have gone through difficulties, but they've overcome their difficulties through a mind shift. They've overcome their challenges and now they've reached where they wanted to reach. If you stay stuck where you are and you keep saying, well, my parents didn't do this for me when I was young or society is very different or I didn't have that when I was your age or people around me are different or my circumstance. If we keep going round in this circle, we're never going to move forward. It's a time to make a mind shift and change. Life might not be fair in your eyes, but it's extremely fair because Allah never makes you do something beyond your capacity. The story I was very quick story I was going to tell you is this Imam Ibn Hazm al-Zahiri al-Andalusi from Andalus, a great scholar Ibn Hazm. You might have heard his name. He was very wealthy as a scholar from Spain, very wealthy scholar and he, one of the things that he would do, he would get into a lot of debates. And sometimes whilst debating, it'd get a bit rough as well. And this is why it's important, especially when it comes to scholars. Take the good, leave the bad. There's good and bad in everybody. Don't start criticizing. Look, take the good because of the immense uh, contribution to Islam. Take the good, leave the bad. You find something bad, just put it to a side. Take the good. So that's one flaw he had that when he would get into debating, it'd become quite rough anyhow. He ended up debating another scholar who was quite humble, very simple, wasn't very well to do. And whilst they were debating, uh, Ibn Hazm, uh, Imam Ibn Hazm, he won the debate. How did he win the debate? He won the debate by quoting a text from a book which the other scholar overlooked. He wasn't able to look at that text or see that text. So Ibn Hazm wins the debate by quoting a text. So do you know the humble scholar, he took a cheap shot at Ibn Hazm. He said, do you know what? Okay, you've won the debate, right? But the thing is, the oil in my candle ran out. So I didn't get a chance to see that text. What was he trying to say? What was he trying to say? You guys not following? Huh? Yeah, he's trying to say that. Well, I'm at a disadvantage. He's pitying himself. He's saying it's not fair. Okay, same word, fairness. It's not fair because, I mean, I didn't, my, I, I'm too poor. You're, you're rich, you've got plenty of lights. So you can carry on studying all of the night. Ibn Hazm gave a good answer as well. He said, well, I was also distracted as well because of the golden chandeliers. They were so shiny and I was struggling to see. He didn't have golden chandeliers, but he taught him a lesson. He taught me and you a lesson. Is life fair? It's very subjective. Just like people in difficulty and poor poverty are challenged, Rich people have their challenges as well. Everyone has challenges. You are not the only one, my brother, my sister, who is challenged. Everyone is challenged. It's time to change our mind, mind, uh, this mindset and look forward. Don't look backwards. Allah is extremely fair. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all total reliance upon him. Wa akhiru da'wana. And alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.